You are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. Bless the name of the Lord. Your worship, your praise. Sets such a tremendous atmosphere. I believe the Lord is working in this place today. The Lord's lifting, He's strengthening people today. So great to see all of you here today at the Calvary Church, to all of our guests. We're honored that you're here today. I pray today is a great blessing to you. As our ushers receive our Sunday tithe and offering, we want to just remind you to be in prayer fasting over the next 21 days. You should have received this card today, and we're walking together through this season, 21 days, and I invite you to set time aside for praying, set time aside for fasting, and really focus on the Lord. We're going to have a special revival service on January 22nd with Evangelist David Bryan, Looking forward to that, and uh, I am believing for some miraculous things to take place in our lives and in our church, and uh, so I want you to just make that a part of your next 21 days. It'll start tomorrow. There's a kind of a focus, there's a passage, and to make that a part of your prayer, to pray towards these ends, I believe the Lord's doing tremendous things. Such a touch of the Lord in this place today. I always try to be sensitive to the Lord in those moments, but I do feel very directed to preach today. And I I don't pretend to think that I've got some epic sermon for you today, but I feel like I have a word for some people in this room today, and so I, I want you to pray. We're going to pray together before we're seated. I want you to pray that you would receive the word of the Lord today. God, we come to you today. We're thankful, Lord, for what we feel in this place. We thank, we're thankful, Lord, that you're drawing, you're moving us, Lord, and I'm praying right now that you would allow your presence to have liberty in our thoughts, our minds, Lord, as the word of the Lord goes forth, not my words, Lord, but let your word begin to minister. God, we're praying that you would break the back of the enemy today. You would break the yoke of the enemy today. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we declare your word in this place today. It has freedom in our lives today. It has freedom in our lives today. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Well, you may be seated today. Passion is powerful. Passion is what motivates us. Passion moves us. 
passion lights the way to our purpose. And it moves us to places that he wants us to go. You remember when you were passionate about a job? Some of you are like, nope, never been there. But some of you know what I'm talking about. You, you got a job, and Teresa's waving her hand. When she started working at the Calvary Church, she was... She woke up a little bit earlier. You have a little pep in your step. Passion does something to us. Dare I say some of you have had passion in a relationship. You did what you could to always look good, smell good. Look to give gifts when there was no celebration. You were passionate about the relationship. And then something happens. But ever been passionate about the things of God? You ever been in a time in your life where you were passionate? about God. I hope you're there today, but if you're not, you, you probably remember a time when you woke up early for prayer. Remember worshiping God without hesitation. You didn't care who was around you. You maybe fasted for a period of time. What we realize is that some things only happen when you're passionate about it. Because passion moves us into, I believe, our purpose. And I believe passion is like a flame. The prophet Jeremiah described a time when he thought he was going to give up. But the word of God was in him, he said, like fire shut up in his bones. When he wanted to quit, it was that passion that came from the word of God that would not allow him to quit. It was a flame inside of him that caused him to declare the word of God when he didn't want to declare the word of God, when he didn't feel like it, when he looked around and it didn't seem like he should have, yet it was like fire. Shut up in his bones. There is, however, a perspective that I believe battles against our passion especially when it comes to our passion for the things of God. And I say perspective because it's not a, a force or a substance, but rather it's an absence of a God-sized reality. It is present in our lives more than we want to admit. 
It will take the place of passion when passion wanes, when passion burns out. It somehow begins to fill the gap when passion is not there. When passion begins to fade, it it seems to knock on the door. And unfortunately, probably more than we want to admit, uh, we open the door when it knocks and we let it in. It's called fear. Fear, for many, shows up so often in our lives that we could consider it a pet. We name it. We excuse it. It's supposed to be here. We feed the fear. We celebrate it at times. We live by it. We make decisions from it. But I felt compelled this week to preach to this church and to maybe preach to some people specifically today and to affirm to you today that that fear is not God's voice, nor is it God's plan. That's why the scripture tells us, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. I want to preach against fear today. I want to preach against it today. Because the issue is that fear, it's not about what it does in our life. I don't think that's the real issue with fear. The real issue with fear is what it keeps us from doing. It's the great detractor. It's what stops us. It's what holds us back. It's what silences us. It's what reduces us. And it's what paralyzes us. When passion in our life isn't present. Fear sets up residence and keeps us from our God-given purpose. And fear can show up in a lot of different ways. It can show, show up as concern. It can show up as suspicion. It can even show up as logic or the feeling that something is missing. Every one of us today are vulnerable to fear. We're vulnerable because fear, we're afraid of maybe disappointing people. We're afraid of failure. We're afraid of what's happening with our finances. We're afraid of losing something. We're afraid of maybe even authority because of things that have happened. We're afraid of change. We're afraid of transition. We're afraid of rejection. And fear seems to exist everywhere in our culture. The American Psychiatric Association says there are an infinite number of objects and situations that we can be afraid of. And we have done our best to uh, articulate every area and every way that we are afraid. Typically when people are afraid, it is not so much just what they do, it's what they 
avoid. And I think all of us are vulnerable to fear in our life. I don't know about you, but I've had some times in my life, I've had some times even in my childhood and in my teenage years where I felt the voice of fear in my life. And the voice of fear wasn't propelling me to do something. It was actually causing me to step back from things that God was wanting to do in my life. And fear comes in our lives so often that we we don't even realize that it's in our life as fear. It just seems so normal. It's lived here all its life. It's been a part of my existence as far back as I remember. But I want to preach today and I want to push today to say we don't have to live with fear and we should never accept fear as something that should be in our lives. Oh, hallelujah. Pastor Aaron Soto said, when I allow fear to operate, I do the devil's dirty work. The devil doesn't even have to do anything in my life if I'll let fear exist in my mind. If I'll let fear live in my world, the devil doesn't even have to mess with me. Fear is not just common for our culture, but fear was very present in Scripture. There is a reason that over a hundred times in Scripture we are admonished not to fear or do not be afraid. Because fear is one of, if not the most prominent perspective and paradigm that people live with. When we examine Scripture... And we look at the victories of our heroes of faith. We see just about every win in the Bible is a win over fear. Victory is a victory over fear. Too often fear gets a foothold in our life. I submit today that fear should not be commonplace in our life. Because what is fear? Probably a lot of different answers to that. But I submit in the context of Christianity, fear is the failure to factor God into the equation. Fear is the failure to factor God into into the equation. To boil it down, fear is a perspective of believing a lie. Fear is believing a lie. It is a lie because it takes God out of the equation. God cannot lie. And so, therefore, if God is out of the equation, it's a lie. Believing a lie is what Adam and Eve did in the garden. And the result was fear. They hid themselves. Their thoughts reigned supreme. And their thoughts brought fear. And I want to just encourage us today. To go to war against fear. You need to go to war against fear. 
You need to stop accepting the lie of the enemy. You need to stop believing your own horror story about the reality of your life. You need to stop believing the false narrative of what will happen to you if you actually step out on faith and obey the word of God. We need to go to war against fear in our life. We need to break the back of fear in our minds and in our lives. That's why Paul would say, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever of a good report, if there be any virtue, and if there's anything praiseworthy, think on these things. That's going to war against fear. That's saying, I'm not accepting uh, the enemy's junk. I'm not accepting uh, what the enemy keeps feeding me. I'm going to go ahead and think on what's true, what's right, what's lovely, what's worthy of praise, and go to battle against fear in your life. Paul would say, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Cast down, fight it, take it down, tear it up, cast it down. Everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That puts itself above the word of God. Tear it down. Cast it down. Speak it down. Declare the word of God. We got to go to war against fear. Because it's not what fear is doing. It's what fear is keeping us from doing. Every time you open the door and let fear in your life, you've just stopped the will of God from working in your life. And so today, I challenge you, declare war against fear. Declare war against fear. Hallelujah. Somebody lift your hands right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I pray you would break the yoke of the enemy today, Lord. I pray you would break the yoke of the lie and the lie of the enemy today, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Fear has been resident long enough. been long enough it's got to go one of the saddest accounts in scripture takes place when God brings the children of Israel out from under the hand of the oppressor brings them out of Egypt with a mighty hand the Bible says delivers them from the hold and stranglehold of the enemy. He tells them, I've got a place prepared for you. I've got a place prepared just for you. I've made it just for you. The Bible says that God told Moses, I want you to send men 
to this place called the land of Canaan, and I'm going to give this. I've, I'm giving this to the children of Israel. So the scripture tells us in Numbers 13 that Moses sent those spies out into the land of Canaan, and I will hurry, hasten through this, but as they begin to go, the Bible says for 40 days they went through to decide to look at the place that God had prepared for them. You don't see in Scripture where God was asking them, should they inherit this place? Should they go to this place? He said, I just want you to see where you're going. This is in Numbers. In Exodus 23, when God was giving the law to Moses... He actually tells them in the giving of the law on Mount Sinai, he says, I'm going to take you to a place, my angels are going to lead you to a place where there's going to be enemies there. There's going to be things that push up against you in this place, but I'm going to go before you, I'm going to give it to you. So God was not asking them to go into the land of Canaan to see whether there were enemies there. He had already told them that the enemies would exist there, but he would go before them. But somehow in their mind and in their thinking, they began to get overwhelmed with what they were seeing. The scripture tells us in Numbers 13, verse 27, they came back and they said, we went to the land where you sent us. And it truly flows with milk and honey, and they brought back fruit. But then they said, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. And we saw the descendants of Enoch there. It says there's enemies there, the Amalekites and the Hittites, the Jebusites, The Amorites dwell in the mountains. God had already told them they were there. In Exodus 23, 23, he told them they were there. But then Caleb quieted the people. And he said, let us go up at once. Let us take possession. For we are well able to overcome it. He believed the word of the Lord. He had factored himself in the equation. But then he had also factored God in the equation. And he said, we're we're able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up, those 10 spies said, we are not able to go up against the people. For they are stronger than we They gave the children of Israel a bad report in verse 32. The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. We saw giants there and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. They had taken God out of the equation. And what came in was fear. They had taken out the reality of God 
They had not tried to replace it with anything. They were doing what they were asked to do to evaluate it, but they had removed God from the equation. And so fear shows up. I want to tell you today, when fear shows up in your life, you can guarantee God is not in the equation. Let me help you again. When you feel fear in your life come over you, whatever it looks like, you can guarantee in that thought, God is not in the equation. And they said, why has the Lord, in verse 3 of chapter 14, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. They began to just turn completely on God's plan. But Joshua and Caleb in verse 6, they were there. They became upset because they had went into the land as well. They tried their best in verse 7 to begin to appeal to them the land we passed through to spy out is an exceeding good land. And they said, if the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it to us. If the Lord delights in us. Can I tell you today, the Lord delights in us. The enemy convinces us he doesn't. But the Lord delights in you. And that's why our confidence can be in the Lord. He delights in us, and if he delights in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it to us. And then he says in verse 9, only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Do not fear them. And you would have hoped that they would have responded to Joshua and Caleb positively. The next verse tells us they picked up stones. They wanted to stone them. We see the possibility We see the land, we see what could be, but we choose to believe our own thoughts and our own perceptions. Fear in our life is taking God out of the equation, and therefore it's believing a lie. Believing that the outside circumstances are greater than God's promises. Some of you are not passionate anymore about the things of God like you were because you have believed a lie. sitting back and listing all the reasons the things of God won't work. 
and fear exist in our lives when we take the responsibility for the outcome. God didn't ask us to take the responsibility for the outcome if we follow his plan. He just wanted us and wanted them to know where he was taking them. When we look at our lives, and I look at my life, how often does fear get a seat at the table? How often do, does the fear show up in my life? Unfortunately, I have to tell you, it probably gets a seat more often than I want. But I feel to lift Calvary today in some way to say we cannot accept, we cannot give fear a seat at the table. We cannot allow fear to rule the day. We need faith to rule the day. I don't know who I'm preaching to today or if it's even resonating, but I absolutely am confident today that we can overcome fear. On Monday... This Monday, January 2nd, I had a bunch of wood at our house that I decided to burn. I have to admit I'm borderline pyromaniac. (laughs) Pile of wood was pretty high. And uh, the fire burned high and it was hot. I just began to for some reason, think about fire, because I had nearly burned my face off a couple of times. Pretty good fire. For some reason, my girls didn't come outside, so I text them. I sent them a video of the fire, and I said, I want you to get close. Just think what hell's going to be like. (laughs) But here's the, the thought that really came to me. Fire is not a standalone substance. Fire is a reaction. I questioned the thought for a little bit. And I thought about it and just looked up a few things about it. Realize you can't go just pick up fire. It's not a substance that you just get. It's a reaction. Fire, in a basic sense, is made up of fuel, heat, 
and oxygen. Gene, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong here. When I started thinking about fire, I considered it as a symbol of passion. And I can connect my passion to how a fire is created. To have a fire, you have to have fuel, heat, and oxygen. Oxygen is found in the air. Fuel is the substance that will ultimately burn and create the reaction. Heat is found from different sources, but for a match, it's the friction. It's the movement of a thing. When I considered lighting a match, you'll find these three elements in the lighting of a match. A match is made up of fuel. There's phosphorus and wood and wax on the match. The air that we have is oxygenated and it allows the match to burn when heat is created. But in order for a match to catch fire, that heat has to be created. The heat created from for a match comes from the friction against the side of the strip. This, I think a lot of these strips contain some kind of powdered glass in them. That friction creates a reaction because of the fuel and the oxygen in the air and it creates a, a flame. Therefore, fire is a reaction more than it is a substance. And I would tell us today that a passion for God is a reaction more than it is a substance. Passion for God is not given to us. Passion for God is not handed to you as a substance. We are given spiritual gifts. We are given human abilities. We have been given God-given abilities. We have fuel. We have God's spirit living in us, which is the oxygen that allows our lives to burn. But what we need is heat. We need friction. We need movement. And I believe some of you are one move away from igniting your passion for God. But somehow fear keeps winning the day. Fear keeps you isolated from the body. Fear keeps you paralyzed in your state. Fear is keeping you locked down. But I'm preaching to somebody today, you need to move. You need to create some friction in your life. You need to say, like Caleb and Joshua, God said it, we can do it. 
and I'm willing to walk towards it even if I don't know how it's all going to work out. But I'm going to create some heat. I'm going to create some movement. And I believe when we begin to move towards the things of God, that's when passion happens in our life. Today, you are not going to receive passion. Today, you are not going to receive some desire to do the things of God. What's going to create passion in you is when you begin to lift up your hands and worship Him. When you begin to walk towards His purpose. When you begin to read and pray over the next 21 days, it's going to create a reaction in you that meets your gifts with God's spirit, and it's going to create passion in your life. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I want a passion for God. And how does it happen? When I start doing some things, when I start moving for God. So the passage tells us, the passage tells us in 2 Timothy 1, 6, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Why? For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Oh, hallelujah. Stir up the gift. It literally means to rekindle a flame. And he says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. God didn't give you that fear. But he said there's something that can replace the fear. And it's called power, love, and a sound mind. Power is dunamis, which means uh, an ability. It means to actually act, uh, to do something for God. That power allows uh, you to replace the fear in your life. Uh, Love is not just a feeling, it's an action. He said if you want to replace fear in your life, uh, you need to let love uh, happen in your life over and over. Start caring for those who are less fortunate. Start loving the people around you and guess what fear has to leave and he says a sound mind now that's a not a great translation I'll say that it actually means self-control it means that I have the ability to do some things I can put some habits in my life I can start doing some things in my life that can actually push against fear For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us love, power, and a sound mind. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Passion for God. Passion for God comes through movement. We can sit in a box and hope revival comes. We can sit in a box and hope that the passion for the things of God comes. Or we can create some things that create sparks in our life. That's why fasting is so powerful and prayer is so powerful. And giving of your finances to the kingdom of God is so powerful. Because it says, fear, you don't get to win. You don't get the final say. But the word of God gets the final say. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
I believe passion for God is lost when we stop moving. When it's lost when we start coasting and drifting in the things of God. So we've got to keep moving. Keep reaching. Every time you witness, every time you witness, it will strike something in you. Every time you give in the offering, it strikes something in you. Every time. Every time you open your Bible. Every time you kneel on your knees and begin to pray and ask God to touch your family, help your kids, help your enemies, help those who have done wrong to you, guess what? It strikes something. Passion for God. So I'm going to war against fear today. Fear has to be replaced. Fear has to go. Fear doesn't get the, the final say in my life. Amen. I want you to stand with me today. First John 4, 17 says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we, we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in the world. He's saying that, how are you and I going to have confidence to stand in front of Jesus Christ at the day of judgment? And he said, there is no fear in love. There is no fear in love, but perfect love, complete love. Cast out fear. Perfect love. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. And we love him, or we love, Scripture says, because he first loved us. How do we have boldness in the day of judgment because we're wearing love? And when we wear love, as I mentioned last week, love is meant to be given. When my love is perfect, not because I'm perfect, but it's complete because of what I know about Jesus Christ and what he did for my life, fear has no place. Fear has no Room. Love literally casts out fear. Because it's this reality. Just as darkness is the absence of light. And cold is the absence of heat. So is fear simply the absence of love. But when love shows up. When light shows up. Light always trumps darkness. When heat shows up, heat always trumps the cold. When love shows up, 
it always trumps fear. I can live my life understanding the God equation in my life. Fear doesn't have a place. God, I come to you right now. God, even over these holidays, some have faced some almost immeasurable fear. Fear for a variety of reasons. Fears about their careers. Fears about their children. Fear about even their salvation. Fear, Lord, in so many ways. But Lord, today, today I pray that someone would have the courage, God, to push against fear. Say, no, if you're in the midst, if you're here, I don't have to fear. God, I pray against the yoke of the enemy that has lied to many for a lot of years, Lord, about what they can do for you, what they can't do for you, what they're capable of, what they're able to do. God, and I'm praying you would release your love in this room in a way that causes the enemy enemy's voice to be silenced. God, in everything that cast itself above your knowledge, God, today in our prayers, we're going to cast it at your feet. God, everything in our life, Lord, that is a lie, God, we're going to declare what's true. That when we were sinners, you died for us. You loved us with an endless love. And that your mercy is new and fresh every morning. And Lord, your mercy endures forever. This is true. Oh God, I pray your peace would settle in this room. Your peace would settle in this room today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want somebody to just fight against fear now and step up and come to this altar and say, God, I'm going to believe your word. I'm going to believe your word. I'm going to believe your promises. I'm going to believe your promises more than I'm going to believe my personal history. I'm going to believe your promises. Oh God. Oh God. We declare your word today. We declare your word today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, and when fear shows up, Lord, we declare your word. We declare your word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe you want to pray with somebody today. Maybe you, you have a burden for somebody that's in this room today. Your spirit God, we're going to allow a passion for you so to rise up among us. In your your spirit
you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Somebody extend your heart to the Lord. Extend your hands to the Lord. Just make a spark. Just do something to praise God right now. Just do something to praise God right now. I guarantee you, you'll feel the touch of the Lord. Just do something. Let your praise, let your praise erupt in you. Oh, God, we love you today. We don't deserve your love, but we're going to wear your love today. We don't deserve it, Lord, but it cast out fear. It cast out anxiety and worry, Lord, when we rest in your love. Oh, and so we praise you today. We praise you today. We praise you today. We praise you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more. Let that be your prayer. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, Set a fire. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more. I want more of you. I want more of you, God. Thank you, Lord. I want more of you, God. 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 Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God's presence met us in a profound way today. today what I know today is that you're going to get another knock at the door some of you that knock comes early in the morning for some of you it's in the middle of the day or in the afternoon or evening but when that knock comes I wonder if you'd just, oh my, set the church on fire. 
Good, I burnt my Bible a little bit. Do something to spark that passion arise from your heart. Grab the Bible and read out of the Psalms. Push against fear. Take some action. Call somebody. Show love to somebody. Have some self-control in your life that sparks some more passion for the things of God. Because we can overcome fear. God, I pray, I pray today, God, for everyone under the sound of my voice, none of us in this room today, none of us are exempt from fear. God, we know that's the greatest tool of the enemy to handicap us and to paralyze us from moving in your spirit. And I'm praying today, Lord, that we would push against it. We would fight against it like Caleb and Joshua, even to the point, God, where they felt oppressed, Lord. But you still preserved an opportunity for them to find the promises of God. God, you're moving us into your promises, and we will not allow fear to dictate what we do for you. God, I love you. I thank you for this church. I thank you for every guest that's here today. I pray you'd continue to anoint us, bless us for this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This Wednesday, we continue Growth University, and the adult session will be about the names of God, a great session on Wednesday. Pastor Kristen, so find somebody you haven't talked to yet today. Tell them how glad you are to see them at the Calvary Church. On your way out the door, we do have a match for you. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.